Welcome to the Lagan Valley Vineyard Podcast. We are a community passionate about seeing Lagan Valley filled with the presence and the teachings of Jesus. If you would like to connect with us or if we can help you in any way, please visit our website, laganvalleyvineyard.com. Well, you are so, so welcome. If we haven't met before, my name's Andy. I'm part of the team here. And uh, if you are a guest or a visitor, we are thrilled that you're joining with us. If you're watching this morning or you're catching up later in the week, uh, we, we're going to pause for a few weeks from our series in Matthew as we move towards Christmas. And just to echo what Laura said earlier, I think the actual number is 18 spaces left between our 6 and our 8 p.m. carol service. So if you want to be with us in the venue for the carol service on the 20th, then you'll probably need to sign up, uh, register today or tomorrow. I will be speaking live here in the venue. So the carol element will be a pre-record, but I will be here and uh, we'll be speaking live in, in the venue. So uh, also just to remind you, on Christmas Day, we will be gathering as a whole family together for 10 or 15 minutes on Zoom at 10 o'clock in the morning. So pay attention to your emails and social media as we celebrate joy and probably a bit of chaos together on Christmas Day at 10 a.m. together. And then from the 27th of this month, we will be back in the venue for Sunday morning uh, worship at 10.30. Um, I just want to, before we jump into this morning's teaching text as well, echo what Laura said uh, in her thanks to all of you who have given to Love Lag and Valley this year. We will do a much fuller report in January, full of all sorts of stats and details, but I wish you could see what I can see this morning. The venue is just full of stuff, and every bag and every pack that I can see, I know represents a life or a family, and I just want to say thank you so much uh, on behalf of our team and the wider community for your generosity as we demonstrate the love of Jesus to the whole community at this time. If you have a Bible, why don't you turn to the book of Isaiah? I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 9 this morning. This is a really famous prophetic Christmas passage. Uh, Some of you will know it really well. The book of Isaiah chapter 9, and I'm going to read from verse 2 to the end of verse 7 before us this morning. So why don't you open up your Bibles to there? Now, come Holy Spirit. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. 
on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's pray for a moment. Father God, we recognize your voice among us. We come to you in this moment and we humbly pray, speak to us, O God. We need your voice to break through the clamoring noise, the anxiety and the stress, the excitement and the adrenaline, all of the things that take our attention away from you. Father, come and speak to us in this moment, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I I hope wherever you are listening to this, uh, truly, I hope you're okay in this moment. We we woke up this morning to the most beautiful winter morning. I was out with the dog walking across crisp frost as the sun was splitting the sky, looking down at the valley full of fog and mist. Christmas is coming, our tree is up, the music is playing, and there is such a palpable sense in our kids of anticipation. One of my boys literally asks every morning at breakfast, how many days now, Dad? And yet I know for many of us in the midst of all of that anticipation and excitement, there is this really strange sense of lament uh, as we can't quite engage in this season the way that we normally would. It's different this year. This passage from Isaiah, I think, is helpful for us in this moment. But truthfully, it has two very separate parts that ordinarily or at first reading or examination shouldn't really fit together. They shouldn't sit together. The first half begins, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. I wonder how many of us can relate to a longing for that to be true for our lives and our families, our community, and even for the world as we come to the end of what has been a truly brutal year. 2020 has felt like a year of darkness, a year of uncertainty, a year where plans are constantly futile as we get interrupted and disrupted by new regulations and new thoughts and impositions on our lives. Right now, a light would be pretty useful. The prophet continues, you have multiplied the nation and you have increased its joy. Joy, remember that? I don't know about you, but I think I have probably laughed less this year than perhaps any other year in my life. For me, stand-up comedy has become a legitimate form of self-care this year. Verse three continues, they rejoice before you with joy at the harvest as they are glad when they divide the spoil for the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor you have broken. 
joy overflowing, yokes and burdens and oppressors broken. How many of us would love some of that in this Christmas season? And then he continues, for every boot of the tramping warrior in battle of tumult and every garment dipped in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Perhaps for us here in Northern Ireland, this doesn't feel quite so close to home, but you know there are literally millions of people all over the world right now dealing with the consequences of wars they neither chose nor can escape from. And this prophet prophesies an end to all of that. The first part of this prophecy is all that we long for in the quiet, deep longings of our hearts. Light shining in the dark, joy in the midst of despair, and all that would oppress us broken and wars overcome by peace. The prophet is describing, of course, the kingdom of God, the place where what God wants happens. It's a beautiful articulation of what our heart's deepest desires are. How does this come about? Is this prophecy just theological, wishful thinking, a crutch for those who aren't quite stable or sturdy enough to endure what real life throws at us. Comfort for the desperate, but ridiculous for those of us who live in the real world. How do these things that Isaiah prophesied about move towards us? Verse six, of course, we get the answer to the question, how? Isaiah sketches this beautiful picture of the inbreaking kingdom of God at the beginning, and in the second half of this passage, he talks about how that comes about. Verse six says, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. I, I don't know if you ever have moments where you feel like God is speaking and it's anticlimactic. Like it, it, it kind of feels perhaps a little irreverent or things that we shouldn't say, but I don't know about you, but oftentimes whenever I hear the voice of God, the most natural response in me is, really God? Like that's your answer? That is your solution? For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. I, I know we've all been so steeped in the Christmas story that we can lose the significance of this, but the reality is you know that it didn't need to be this way. God's ways reveal so much to us that I think we miss often with familiarity to the stories. The reality is God could have established his kingdom with chariots of fire and angelic armies and grandiose displays of power that would made the world fall to their knees and go, oh my goodness, God has come, have mercy on us. But that's not the way he chooses to unfold his story. Instead, he chose to come to us through the womb of a peasant teenager, to be born not in a palace, but in the home of simple 
people, surrounded not by palatial grandeur, but by animals and outcasts. A baby, really God? This prophecy is about the coming birth of Jesus. And Isaiah names him in this prophecy with several names, one of which is Mighty God. It would seem that what he's describing is the opposite. I've said this to us so many times this year. What do you see? When you look at the world, when you reflect on your life, when you think about everything that's going on, what do you see? This story in how most of us approach our lives makes no sense whatsoever. Our dictionary defines might as great and impressive power or strength. Great and impressive power or strength. I've been present for three babies being born. Might is not a word that I would choose to use for any of them in that moment. Great and impressive power or strength. They literally can do nothing for themselves except some bodily functions that are particularly messy. A newborn baby. Great and impressive power or strength. You see, the power of God is not the same as the power of man. Our definition of power has been corrupted. What we see as power, often God sees as arrogance and weakness. God's answer to the bullies that have swaggered throughout history was not to become an even bigger bully. His answer was a child. God's answer to everything that has ever terrorized us and the brokenness in the world is a newborn baby. What on earth is that about? You see, in the boy God, we see how real power works and how real power is actually exercised. Real power, transforming power, life-giving power flows through sacrifice and it's carried in humility. It is not of this world, but it is for it. Mighty God both transcends and subverts all of our earthly definitions of how power and strength work. You see, our age says, I am only strong if someone else is weak. I can only win if someone else loses. I am powerful when someone else is vulnerable, but mighty God comes to us in the form of a baby, and in his strength, we are strengthened. In his victory, we all win, and in his vulnerability, we have access to divine power. I have a friend who describes the age we live in as VUCA, volatile, uncertain, complex, and angry. We live in an age of volatility, of uncertainty, of complexity, and of deep, deep anger. And we get to partner with 
and channel the power of God to the world around us when we become like the baby walking in humility and vulnerability, choosing to sacrifice for the sake of others, not holding all that we have so tight, fearful that we will lose the little that we have gathered up. We have hope because while the world searches for the grand, we know to look to the gutter. While the world strives to be louder and louder, we know to listen for the whisper. While the world seeks the strong man, we embrace the baby. This is the Christmas story that in vulnerability and in humility, hope invades the earth. One of the things, the greatest barriers to hope and life with God in our lives is our own pride and arrogance. I am so guilty of this myself. The door into the kingdom is one of humility. Hope is not a concept. Hope is not just an idea. Hope is a real living person. In the midst of crisis and insecurity, in the midst of volatility and uncertainty and complexity and anger and fear, we are able to rise up in that moment and declare for ourselves and the world around us that hope has a name and his name is Jesus. What the world needs, as the prophet Isaiah so clearly saw, is not a better philosophy of government or a more perfect system of legislation, but a person who has the character, wisdom, and power needed to rule for God among men. The words of the great Carol say, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let the earth receive her king. The king of kings came in the form of a baby, vulnerable and dependent upon his teenage mother. I said a few moments ago, the door we must all walk through if we are to enter into the kingdom of God is one of humility. Will we this Christmas have the humility to place our hope not in economic strength or political power. Will we have the humility to receive a king like Jesus? Will we have the humility to receive a king like Jesus? The only one whose shoulders can bear the weight of the world. James, will you guys come on up? I'd love to pray for us as we respond today, as we open our lives to embrace the baby, to reject the systems of power and identity that we so often put our hope in, and to once again come freshly to the only one who can really carry all that burdens our souls. Let's pray together.
Holy Spirit, come now. We welcome you into our homes and into our lives in this moment. Father, thank you for what your story reveals to us about who you are. That you came not to take over, but to give yourself to us. You came not to impose, but to invite. You came not to dictate, but to demonstrate what real life looks like. And so in this moment, Lord Jesus, we receive you as King. I just encourage you, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, this is a brilliant moment. This is an amazing moment to just say, Jesus, come and rule in my life. Come and be the boss of everything. Come and release your unbreakable, unshakable, unfathomable hope in my heart. Jesus, we receive you right now as King. We receive you. We repent of our false hope and our false idols. We turn from the things that would keep us from you. We confess our pride and our arrogance, our need to be seen as impressive or strong. Jesus, we receive you as our King. Come. Come, Lord Jesus. Help us to receive you. Help us to root our lives in your story and in your way. Help us to reject the way that leads to destruction and to embrace your paths that lead us to life. Jesus, we worship you now. Come among us. I'd love you to just, wherever you are right now, just notice your surroundings. If you're in your living room, if you're in your car, driving to work, just, just pay attention to what surrounds you. One of the things that happens to us, I think, often is when life is hard, we think that uh, the solution is our circumstances to change. If the things around us are the things that are imposing on us, the things that are stressing us out, if, if they would change, then we would be able to hope again. And the, the story of Christmas the story of Jesus, the inbreaking of the kingdom of God is the absolute opposite of that. That hope would come to us in the midst of unchanged circumstances. That's why it's supernatural. Hope as a result of changed circumstances is exactly how the world operates. It makes so much sense that when the thing that's stressing me out goes away, then I could hope. When the thing that's causing me pain gets sorted out or solved or healed, then I could hope. But the supernatural hope of the kingdom of God is that it would come to us in the midst of unchanged circumstances. Right now, in this moment, whatever you are surrounded by, hope moves towards you. Will you receive it? This is another prophetic promise from Isaiah chapter 58. 
he prophesies this, and your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. What if that began to unfold in our lives as a work of God? That he would come to us in the midst of unchanging circumstances and begin to rebuild the ancient ruins of our inner lives. That he would raise up the foundations of many generations, that the things that we believe hold us or have cursed us or have broken us would be rebuilt and renewed. That he would be called in our lives the repairer of the breach the restorer of streets to dwell in, that because of Jesus, we would be able to come truly home to ourselves. Christmas is about hope in the midst of unchanged circumstance. And so right now, Lord, by your Spirit, release that hope over us. Release it into us. Right now, Lord, in our own spirits, would you give birth to new hope in us, supernatural hope, hope that would begin to restore and renew and repair our lives from the inside out. We welcome you, Lord Jesus. Come and be yourself to us, we pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're going to finish with one more song together.